Welcome to The Raw Roaster. We have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm the Roseville Campus Pastor, and I'm joined today again by our senior pastor, Sean Winters, and our uh, senior adults pastor, uh, Ralph Gustafson. It's good to have you joining us again, Ralph. Thanks, Tucker. Good to be here. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to have a conversation around Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. There's a lot packed into these yeah, verses. Yeah, there are. Yeah, 19 different imperatives I counted. But uh, yeah. how do how do we think about this as uh, as believers uh, in terms of living this out practically? And so maybe what we want to do is think about some situations that we've been in, or um, you know, opportunities that we've had to live out some of these imperatives. Yeah, I think the the follow-up conversations I've had with people have been um, more about the people that are difficult to love, Mm -hmm. difficult to to do life with. Um, You know, there's a section down there, those who do evil to us. But it's it's just the the regular relationships that just are difficult and how to have honest conversations that bear the truth in a way that motivates change. And boy, I would love to, you know, I've tried some thoughts on that, but I'd love to hear your guys' insight on how you bring truth to bear in a way that the person hears it and it actually motivates some sort of positive change. Mm. How about you, Ralph, in your experience, how have you seen that uh, play out? Well, uh, what Pastor Sean was just talking about, how, how I've seen that play out, well, in a lot of different ways, some not so well and some some better. I, I, I think it's quite interesting to me that when Paul starts this particular section. He talks about love must be sincere. Yeah. One might say, well, is there any other way than love is sincere? Yeah. But he is pointing out, I think, that we sometimes are, quote, loving towards somebody, but the sincerity in our heart isn't there. We, we want to sort of go along with the norms of society. We want to we look good in the way we treat people, but there really isn't that depth of love that enables us to forgive, that enables us to honor in a way that would be uh, totally others-focused. So I, I think that that's an interesting starting point, that love must be sincere. And uh, I think it's such an important point for us to grab hold of. A lot of times we'll just settle for peace or we'll just settle for, you know, no conflict. Um, you know, it's to be sincere is to be honest and forthright, but to do it in a loving way. And and yet, it's just sometimes it creates conflict, and you're not sure you want to go there. Right. And so that's it. Really, is a challenge to say I want to be authentic in this relationship, and, and yet I don't want to blow it up. I, I want to get better. I want I want this relationship to do well. And and I sort of wonder it's if the reason it's hard for us, even within the body of Christ, to love one another and to love one another sincerely, is that there are so many things that are vying for our attention. There are so many distractions in life that really having the kind of in-depth relationships where we can be even uh, confrontational in a sincere and loving way that we that we don't feel that's going to work. We're, we're afraid that that's going to damage the relationship beyond repair. And so we step back from that kind of loving sincerity. I mean, the Lord was sincere when he took on the Pharisees, and mm-hmm. yet he loved them, you know, mm-hmm. called them a brood of vipers, sort of told them the way it was, but he was he was sincere in his love for them, as well as others that he confronted as he lived his earthly ministry. 
I want to go back to the very beginning of this chapter. So Romans chapter 12, verse, uh, verses 1 and 2. Um, so in verse 1, Paul says, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then in the next verse, don't be conformed to this age. You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what the will of God is. And then he goes into you know, chapter 3. We looked at last weekend with the, the many gifts and one body. And then he goes into these list, this list of 19 imperatives. Yeah. Is, it, is it accurate to say that these 19 imperatives are a, what it looks like practically to actually live out of a renewed mind and to offer our bodies as living sacrifices? Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, I, I talked about harmony and, and our desire for harmony and it and kind of contrasted the idea that if we just focus on how do we do life here really well together, if it's all unity conscious and <laughs> fellowship conscious, that we're going to just constantly be rubbing against each other and, and we're not going to get it right. But if we'll focus on Christ, and that's where the passage starts, and we need to look to God, we need to each tune our hearts to God and let the spirit move within us to renew our minds, then we would be best able to turn around and actually do life together. And, and then I take the frustrations I have in marriage and family and congregation and community to God, and, and then I can be honoring to people. And, and that's, that's just a, a challenge, but I think that's a helpful uh, reckoning of this, this passage that we have to get it right with God first so that we can do life horizontally well. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a. I think there's a, an element here as well that you know you look at verses nine to twenty one and disconnected from Romans twelve one to three. I, I think you could say that. Well, who would who would disagree yeah. with any of these? Even those outside of the, you know, even those outside of the church. Um, but they they obviously have a. A str- there's a, they're a strong Christian ethic, especially when tied to Romans 12, 1 to 3, that makes them distinct from what our surrounding culture might teach about any one of those things. So I think these have to be grounded in the, the yeah. reality that we find in Romans 1, or excuse me, 12, 1 to, 3, 1 to 2. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was taking a walk yesterday, and I, I walked by a house, and they had this really cool sign right at the front door that says, Live Joyfully. And, and I just thought, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's really good. I wonder how it's working out for him. Mm. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I could put that on my front door and, and it doesn't always play out. But in, you know, in verse 12 here, um, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And so it says, you know, joyful, joyful comes in hope, but still we need to be patient because affliction is a reality. And the grounding of that is faithfulness in prayer, that it goes back to God. And so I, I just, you know, to, to say live joyfully is awesome. But it's not the whole story, and that's where I think Scripture is just so valuable in in reorienting us to the reality that we live in affliction and the need we have for God, prayer. Yeah, I, I really see so much of this as being Paul's way of explaining what it doesn't mean to you know what it doesn't mean to be conformed to the world. You know, yeah. he's saying don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, and. And humility was the last thing that the Romans would have lifted up or yeah. thought was great. Loving your enemies and being favorable towards those who persecute you. No way. We kill them. We get yeah. rid of them. And so he's sort of saying, here, you know, I've told you don't conform to the pattern of the world. Here might be your tendencies, but he's going down through this list here, not repaying evil for evil, all the rest of these things and saying, this is the 
contrary lifestyle of someone who's a follower of Jesus. This is how we live our lives, not in conformity, but in a sense of being the light, being transformed, being renewed, that others might see Jesus Christ alive in us. So I don't know about the two of you, but I know I certainly don't live all of these out perfectly. Well, maybe, Ralph, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. Ralph is royal. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he'll have to do a whole other episode on uh, the meaning of Gustafson. And yeah, yeah. The, the family lineage there. With, um, how do we how do we make sense of this in our lives when we r- wrestle ourselves with trying to put these things into practice, this, uh, this long process of... You know this term sanctification, being more being conformed into the image of Christ, being a, an ongoing thing. How do we how do we deal with this in our own life when almost a daily it's a daily struggle for me to put any one of these into practice? Yeah. How have well, you, we just have think you, about bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, and um, you know you, you could spend we could spend a couple of weeks just on that <laughs> topic, but um, you know and and then couple it. Um, with a verse that says, you know, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone, which says, you know, we're not going to be able to live peacefully with everyone, but yet we're still called to bless and we're still called to not curse. And, you know, we, we don't usually stand up on the hill and call down curses on people that disagree with us, but in subtle ways, I find myself, you know, really Let's see what the right word besmirching is what I'm thinking. But what's the right, you know, I, I'm just like, you know, talk about people that disagree with me in, in really ugly ways when, in, in privacy. And it's all okay because it's anyway. And I'm like, no, that's not right. You know, I'm supposed to bless those who persecute. And as far as it depends upon me, try to live at peace if there's something I can do. And I don't know, I, I, you know, when you think about that, Tucker, how, how do you how do you know the limits of, you know, if at all possible, as far as it depends upon you, like what's the, there's got to be some boundaries there, right? Like there's things you can't do, won't do, shouldn't do to live at peace. And yet there are some things that we should do. So clear up that one for us, if you would, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you could, we certainly could go to the Matthew 18 principle where Jesus talks about, you know, first go to that individual. If there is a conflict, go to them, you know, privately. And if they still don't listen, bring you know, one or two along with you. And if they're still not yeah. listening, then, you know, take them to the church. And I think uh, part in there, we see that, you know, if you make, I think, at least three attempts at trying to reconcile and there still is no, there is still no hint that there's going to be a reconciled relationship. I think, I think you can honestly say at that point, you've, you've done what you can. And yeah. I think you pray for that person, but uh, you pray that you ultimately pray for a reconciled relationship, but I think at that point you've done all that you can to pursue unity in that in that case. How about you? What do you think, Ralph? Well, I agree with everything you said. I, I think I think where the where the challenge is is we are generally hesitant to go to that person first. Sometimes we go to somebody else to either get them to be supportive of us or we say, would you pray for this situation? Yeah. And and sometimes it's more or less we want to get somebody to sympathize with us where I think the directive in Scripture is to go right to that person, go to them directly in a, in a humble, loving way and be able to share what you're experiencing and, and be able to tell them how you see 
this playing out in their life and in your life and and be willing to be the one to listen and humble uh that, that humble yourself that's to me a pretty big key in that whole scenario uh, i don't think we do that quickly enough i think we we kind of let it go and we let it go until it's gotten to be much more serious than it needed to be uh because we we were hesitant to talk to him in the first place and, and i've seen i've seen you live this out ralph and one of the questions I have is how do you how do you do that in a way that still says you matter to me? I care for you. I'm here because this relationship's important and I see I see future. Instead of I mean, I think some people build up so much angst over a relationship, then they come and they just kind of blow people out of the water and it's like I've given up and now I'm just gonna I'm going to just dump on you. And we don't want it that. We, no. we want to do it early enough and graciously enough so that there's a chance for. Well, I think the keys you mentioned there is going early enough, yeah. going going quickly enough before the, the fire gets too hot. Yeah. And you can, you can still come together and have a meeting of the minds and an understanding of where do we go from here? How do we take what Paul talks about here and implement that into our relationship wherever we've been faltering along the way and and that for me has i've learned that over my 70 years that i need to deal with those things right away with my wife with my kids with my friends with brothers and sisters in christ with my neighbors uh not to let things go but to to bring them up in a loving humble way right right away and and talk it through well, you're listening to The Raw Roast. I'm having a conversation today with our senior pastor, Sean Winters, and our senior adult pastor, Ralph Gustafson. We're having a conversation today around Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. And now that I have my light roast in me, let's, uh, <laughs> let's heat this one up a little bit yeah. here. I, you, know, you come to a passage like Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to what is good. I mean, we live in a day now where you know, people are staunchly in their political parties, and we live in a day where there's people that on polar opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to masking, uh, whether or not masking is uh, the right thing to do or not. How do, when we come to some of these more divisive issues where people have a very clear idea in their mind of what is the good, how do we live this out in practice when? You might have a fellow believer in the church saying that you're actually not living out what is good, and you might actually think you are living out what is good because you have a different idea. When it gets to some of more of these dicey topics, how do we actually put this to practice? Yeah, let, let me. Um, as I was preparing for this message and looking through this passage, I, you know, you often come and you go, "Wow, this. How do I instruct people to be in positions?" to do this well in relationships where things aren't nice. And then I pause and I just said, well, what happens if I read this passage from the other end of it is I'm the person that needs to be talked to. And, and so, you know, I tried to just think through how do I listen well to mm. when Ralph comes and challenges me on, on an, an issue. And, and I think that's a big part of this when, when politics or masking or whatever it might be that, that we have a real difference of opinion that we need to make sure that we move back up into earlier, you know, the humble challenge in in Romans chapter twelve, beginning of verse three. Um, 
that we're honoring people above ourselves, that we're listening carefully to what people have to say. We're, we're testing that and saying, Lord, what is there in this for me? And if it's really, really difficult and it's hard to deal with, there, there may be something that God is doing in my own heart, right? So I had a, a really, no details, but I had a really challenging conversation with my wife where she just said, Sean, here's a couple things. And it wasn't fun. And she was right on. And I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> and so it was just like, okay, Lord, I just, uh, you know. And, That's never happened to me before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it was just like, okay, you know, I just need to hear this. I need to listen to it. But right now I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying not to react to it. Hmm. Lord, um, you know, in Proverbs it says that you instruct the wise and they'll become wiser still. Lord, I want to be in that camp. Um, so I think that's a beginning point. I, I think the listening is so key. And we have – I don't know that in the church today we have put enough of an emphasis on listening. Amen. And not just hearing the words, yeah. but hearing their heart, hearing what's going on in their spirit and listening. I, I did a little exercise with the Barnabas team. I asked them what was the most important thing part of their ministry to people. And after mentioning several things, one of them said, I think it's listening. Mm. I says, oh, good. Mm. <laughs> Here's my lead in. And I said, there's over 450 places in the English Bible that uses the word listen or listening. Oh. And so that's a pretty strong emphasis on that particular word and that particular activity. And yet, we can we can hear the words and and my <laughs> my wife will say to me ralph are you listening to me not just hearing my words we we've learned to sort of bring that on yeah. and cuz she knows sometimes i'm already thinking of my response to right. what she's saying i'm pulling apart your argument <laughs> yes instead of listening and she's saying what she's saying out of love for me yeah, right. and a desire to help me grow into more christ likeness but i like you yeah. Sean i share with you too that i didn't don't always want to hear oh, it but i yeah. i, I I think I'm getting better at it after 70 years, and uh, you know, listening has become a, a more key part of what. But I still miss it too. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll miss the nonverbals. I'll, I'll miss the the tone sometimes in what somebody's saying to me. But boy, if we can listen and hear their hearts, that's that's really key. I think in terms of these conflicts that come up. And we need to take the time to sit down and talk and listen, not just to you know, bump into each other and, and say something and, and move right on. We had a marriage seminar this past past weekend called Marriage Matters, and yeah. we had a, a number of couples there. And, and one of the, there was a phrase that stuck out. It was, listen to, understand, not to respond. Mm. And I think that's mm. a really... That's a cre- yeah. I think that's a, a really good way of saying it, that we yeah. listen to understand... And not we're not formulating our response as the other person is talking. Listen to understand, not to respond. And I think one of the things I've learned in my very short time of pastoral ministry, and I'm assuming the both of you would resonate, is I think most of the time people, they just want to be heard. They want to know that they have a listening ear. I don't think most of the time they want, they would be fine if, if you just had a listening ear and we, and there was no promise of change. But if they know that they're heard, I think that's probably more than 50% of what they're wanting. Yeah, like if someone's coming saying, here, something I want you to do, like we may or may not do that, but yeah. just to hear them through or talk through it or hear a concern they have. Um, yeah, and, and it's, you know, a lot of times those conversations are about an area where we feel the vulnerability or we feel mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, we're blowing it or we're missing it. So we, 
we kind of react in defensiveness and like, no, just listen to it, enter into it and, and then, um, you know, process it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think conversation is so important. You know, Eugene Peterson has a book, you know, working the trying or working the angles mm-hmm. where he talks, one of the corners of pastoral ministry is listening well to people. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, what Ralph said, it's just, it's so important. And, and it's, it's, easier to listen to my wife. She's more personal in her conversation, but I, I deeply know she loves me and she's not leaving me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when someone comes up who I don't have that relationship with and confronts me, it's harder because we don't have that relational. And so, boy, relationships really matter. And then how do we use those relationships to live out Romans mm-hmm. chapter 12, verses 9 through 21 um, is super important. Mm. Can, can I ask you a question? I was with our small group on a retreat Friday and Saturday, and we were going through the book of Jonah, which was a really interesting experience. But one of the questions that came up in the group was, what does it mean to bless someone? What is, what is that? What is blessing someone? And I thought, you know, it's, it's here in the passage here. So what, what do you guys think? What does it mean to bless someone? Are we talking just praying for them, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, I— I like the idea of um, build or to bring good. So in some way, you know, blessing is in some way to, you know, Old Testament to kind of lay a hand on and and give a promised future, to to give a special position, a place. Um, We we can't really do that. We We don't predict future. We don't kind of grant all of our living to this next person, but, but we can, we can bring good. We can build them up in their faith. Um, we can point them in some way towards Christ. I, I think seeing seeing people and um, in some way instilling, here's what I see in you, and, and instilling hope is really important. It's a long definition, sorry. <laughs> no, no. that. I think that's a really good response, Sean. I mean, I think, and I think part of that could be praying for them as well. I mean, certainly that's part Absolutely. of it, but I don't think it's limited to that, I think, as you said. Yeah. Um, or helping a, them to see that they're a, va- a, a valued member of the church community is another piece. I think it's sometimes it's easy to forget that and to hold them up as you're a valuable member of this church community as, I think, a, a not the only way we bless, but it's yeah. certainly another aspect of it. That's been important in COVID time is some people are still at a distance mm-hmm. to yeah. say, you know, I'm glad you're still part of us and I want you to know that we see you mm-hmm. and that you're a part and that we, you're still here. You're still a part of us. We care for you. We're your yeah. family. Mm. Thanks. Any final words for our listeners before we wrap up our time together? I, I think um, prayer is so important. Uh, as you go into situations, conversations like this, um, you know, had a good conversation about a tough relational dynamic last night and and just, you know, pray for people who have to walk into tough spots. As an individual who's walking into a tough conversation, boy, pray for sensitivity. Um, the Lord can answer, the Lord can move, and the Lord is the only one that can really transform hearts. I think, I think one thing that could be helpful to anybody in this situation would be to sit down with somebody that loves them and knows them well and say, let me use this as kind of a spiritual assessment of where I'm at in my 
becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ and not conforming to the world. And what would you say to me, Tucker, are areas that have you seen my life that that I need to allow the Holy Spirit to work and partner with me on in a in a greater way? Are there specific things that you've maybe sensed that I'm blind to because I'm too close to it, but you've seen it. So I, I, I could see this as a really helpful tool for people in their seeking to be more like Christ, the sanctification of, of letting this be a way to understand where am I at. Even doing it a self-assessment could be a valuable experience for them in the long run. So, I want to thank you both for being on today. This has been a, a good conversation, and I, I like the way that Paul ends this chapter, do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil mm-hmm. with, good. with good. And it's a, mm. I think it's a great reminder. Um, it's a great reminder for all of us, and it's a, it's certainly a real challenge, um, regardless of the culture and time you're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. But it's a, but it's our call. I want to thank you as our listeners today. If you have any questions about today's episode, I would encourage you to email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We have two service times at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. at both of our uh, Roseville and White Bear campuses. Uh, If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss on future episodes, again, you can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. We look forward to having you join us again next week.